This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Aftershock Central Podcast, Episode 6. I'm Martin. Ronnie's here. Jack is here. And we are the number one and only Aftershock Podcast (laughs) in the world. There isn't another. There will not be another. Because when there is, they'll just be imitating us. Right. So let me say uh, something before we start. Uh, those of you that listen to other Nerdy Legion podcasts, in particular, Rebirthically, which Ronnie is a part of, <laughs> yep. as well as our good friend Aaron Bell, and my podcasting wife, Paul Tesner, <laughs> Paul seems to think that we don't deserve to use the Aftershock Central name because... He went in some tirade about the long history of Valiant Central, which was the original Nerdy Legion podcast, and uh, kind of said that this is like a bunch of babies chatting on a microphone. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, first of all, you're wrong, as always, because uh, this is Aftershock Central because we talk about Aftershock. This is the home of Aftershock discussion. That's right. And that's why this is Aftershock Central. And there could never yep. be another. Now, Paul, yep. if you would like to start your own Aftershock Central podcast, by all means, go ahead. But it will not be as good as this one, nor will it have as many listeners as this one, because this has now become the number three podcast on the network. <laughs> and Rebirthically is uh, kind of tied for fourth, sometimes goes down to fifth place. Our our plethora of shows. So, uh, when you have something that you can back up your uh, smack talk, Paul, (laughs) we'll be more than happy to uh, have a discussion. Yeah, and let's be let's be honest. Paul wants to do an aftershock podcast podcast because he's not happy with the the DC and and Valiant stuff he's reading. That's true. He he wants to do a, a podcast to get into something new that's actually interesting. That's right. You know what it is? So is that... he, he's just mad because he didn't think of this podcast first. <laughs> That's all it is. So does that mean it's going to be on the Taylor Network? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I was talking to Daryl about that, actually, because I, I just had him on uh, on Valley Central. And on the post show, we talked a little bit about it because he, he got into Aftershock like right before we started doing the podcast. Right. And he was like, dang. No, I can't do a podcast. <laughs> right. So, but he he already committed the number one foul, and that's that he didn't. He said he didn't like Black Eyed Kids. Yeah, shame on you, Paul. How could you not like one of the best books on the stands? You know what it is? It's because there are no cartoon characters in Black Eyed Kids. <laughs> no, no turtles. No turtles. No rabbits. Yeah. None of that. It's okay. I think Paul and I are going to do the. Uh, what did you, uh, or what Usagi did you read this week? Perfectly <laughs> central podcast. Yeah, uh, I, dude, I came home from from work and he had sent me a package, and it's uh, eleven trades, I think ten trades of Usagi Ojimbo. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. Exciting. I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, it's really good. Is it? I, I, yeah, I pimp it out on every show now. If you're not reading Usagi Ojimbo, you should go read it. Huh. You got to start way back, like 200 issues ago at number one. <laughs> you just jump on anywhere. 
no, you can probably jump on anywhere. Um, I mean, it, it builds up from from issue to issue, but uh, you you can jump on and still get it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you have to go back to like the fanographic stuff from '86. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I recently just bought um, Usagi Jimbo Book One, but apparently that's trade number seven. Uh, yeah, it's number so, eight. Uh, it's number oh, eight. It's number eight. Yeah, you got Volume One, which covers the first few issues of Usagi Jimbo Volume Two, and a couple issues of Volume Three. Where were you when I was ordering? Well, see, you should have asked me because Paul <laughs> made the same mistake. Well, no, Paul, Paul made the same mistake. He he's like, dude, I got the omnibus. And I was like, really? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm so excited. He's like, volume one, and he showed me a picture, and I was like, dude, that's that's like super old, like that's new stuff. Um, you need to start with book one. I know it. The problem is the naming convention, right? Um, because you have book one through seven is the old stuff, the fanographic stuff, uh, and the Mirage stuff, I believe. And then with book eight or nine, they renumbered it to volume one, uh, because that's when they started doing it at Dark Horse. Oh, gotcha. Uh, but I think if you look, um, in, inside the book, it'll say like book eight, volume one. Okay. Because they keep it. Because that's that. Because that's actually Dark Dark Horse Usagi Volume One, right? Or Book One? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Something that like makes that. more sense. Something like that. <laughs> so yes. Anyway, we're not he- we're not here to talk Usagi Yojimbo as much as I would <laughs> love to, guys. I can talk about Usagi all day. We're here to talk about some aftershock comics. So that's right. first up, we're gonna be chatting about uh, the first few issues of Jackpot. Cool. Which we had yet to talk about. I know Jack's very excited because his name is in the title. Oh yeah, and that's I'm what very... I care about. <laughs> I'm very excited because there's a hotel named after me in the book. So, <laughs> well, uh... see, that's crazy. Now I need a book with my name. Maybe I'll shipwrecked or something. So, so I know some of the aftershock folks listen to this. So, aftershock folks, you need to name <laughs> something after Ron. Okay, or just make a character called the Baron. That's actually yeah, pretty ba. Go. So. Uh, Jackpot is written by Ray Fox, whom I love, and he's a super cool dude. Uh, art by Marco Fela, colors by Stephanie Renee, and letters by Jimmy Betancourt. So, Jack, take it away. So, Jackpot, I love this book, by the way. But this is about a team of con artists, which I didn't love at first, but the more I got into it and saw what it was really about, I, I started liking it a lot. Um, but supposedly these guys are putting on the greatest scam in human history, and I don't know why it's the greatest scam in human history, except that it said that in the summary somewhere. <laughs> but there's five members of this uh, the group of the con artists, and each brings to the table sort of a different skill set. Um, there's Tam Malawi, which is kind of like a gambler and a smooth talker. Um, there's Felicia Hyde. And she seems kind of like the behind-the-scenes person with kind of all the intel. And there's Forrest Rhodes, who he's also seems like a behind-the-scenes guy, but he's kind of like a technician. I think in like one place he's a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Joseph Frederick, who kind of poses as a dealer, but he's really a dirty dealer. And then there's, last but not least, Dominique Vasco, who just says she's a genius. Um, but when you really get into the story, it's kind of all about 
it seems like it's centered around her at least. Yes. Um, so issue one, there's three of these. I'll run through them fast. Uh, but issue one is about a heist where Tam, Joseph, and Dominique are kind of gambling on a yacht uh, in international waters. Um, but uh, they're kind of doing it as a distraction while Felicia robs a safe in a different room on the yacht. But somehow the, the heist is sort of sabotaged. And when you're reading it, you don't know who's sabotaging it. Um, but then finally, when you get to the comic on the last page, we see a group of people who are like elitist looking guys in suits. And they're sort of watching the whole heist. They're watching what this uh, 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 team of con artists, con artists are doing on like these futuristic Stark Industries monitors. Mm-hmm. And uh, they say something about Dominique being their candidate. And that's how the first issue ends. You want to add anything to that, or you want me to keep rolling? No, no just keep on rolling. Um, okay. Well, if I, I'm going to go through it fast. So stop me if you want to mention something I skip over. Sure. But in, in issue, issue two, and this is where it really got inter- interesting for me, but they're immediately kind of on another heist, but this time they're in a hotel, and uh, they're all kind of disguised. Dominique is dressed as a maid, and Joseph and Forrest are disguised as room service. Um, and they go into... Uh, and they go into a room to rob a guy that's in the hotel, in one of the hotel rooms. But they're, like, totally sabotaged again, it seems. Um, like, it's a total setup. And um, one of the guys they're robbing at one point slips Dominique a piece of paper that has a bunch of calculus on it. And this is where the whole comic goes from being a story about con artists to something totally crazier. Um, so she's reading calculus, but bullets start flying and there's like somebody shooting at him from an adjacent building, um, but Dominique can't stop staring at the paper. Um, so then we see the group of elitist suits again, and they're saying if Dominique doesn't understand the calculus, then all of her friends are going to die at that you know pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But if any of their, them survive, it means she processed the calculus and is using it. Um, so. As it turns out, she uses it, um, and she repeats. She kind of repeats the calculus out loud, and somehow by doing that, she can sort of manipulate the energy in the room, I guess, and kind of twist reality or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like she's, it's like she's she's kind of like a superhero, but not because of I, the way I take it, not because of special special abilities, but I guess because. Like her great intelligence allows her to understand like the depths of calculus and physics behind reality, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, this comic ends with uh, her and her friends sort of trapped in a stairwell, and that's immediately where issue three picks up, um, and it continues to get any, even crazier uh, because. At this point, Dominique is using the calculus to totally, like, completely alter reality. And we see the uh, uh, sort of the staircases swirling sort of all over the place. It looks like a um, uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland scene or something. And Joseph is all freaked out by it. And he's kind of curled up in a ball, and they all look like they're on, like, a bad acid trip or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the suits are still watching her, uh, but they're saying... They're saying, they're commenting that her natural affinity for the calculus is staggering. We must examine her mind. Um, and then all of a sudden, the, the uh, 
crazy acid trip kind of abruptly stops and real, reality is all back to normal. Except now Dominique is kind of in a daze with blood coming out of her nose. And then she just completely disappears in thin air and reappears in the room where all the suits are. Um, meanwhile, while she's there, her friends are still in the hotel and now they're being chased at and shot at and barely escape with their lives. And as they're leaving the hotel, it like totally collapses behind them and they barely escape. Um, and then the, the group of guys in suits tell Dominique that she's one of them and that they want to make her an offer. The end. The, the end. Well, to be continued. Yeah. That's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole uh, mini. Yeah? yeah? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, that's the worst ending ever. <laughs> it's just setting up for volume two when they reboot it. The all new <laughs> jackpot. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ronnie. Yes? How'd you feel about this book? Um, it, I like it. I really like it. But, like, from issue one to two, it seemed to disconnect. Like, um, we left off with the cliffhanger mm-hmm. and after issue one. And then I picked up on two, thinking that, you know, we're going to be in the speedboat chasing away. And we weren't. We were somewhere else. Just getting ready to start a new job. Yeah, that was or a new, new con, rather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, wait, what the hell's going on type of thing. But I, I like the premise of the whole story of it. And I guess there was no what happened. How did they get out of the previous right. pickle that they were in? Right. But overall, this story is really good. Really, really good. And the art's fantastic, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not as good as if Ray Fox was doing it. But yes, I agree. The art <laughs> is really good. I just, dude, I love Ray's style. Like, it's so, it's so nice. It's so awesome. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, like, in between you two. Because I think... I think the second issue kind of took me by surprise. Because, like you, Jack, I was expecting something like Ocean's Eleven... Right. And it's not at all what it ends up being. Mm-hmm. You know, it ends up being kind of a superhero story. Well, uh, kind of. Like I said, we, we don't know for sure yet. Uh, yeah. But it seems Or to an fun. alien story. Ooh. No, I don't, I don't think these are aliens. <laughs> we, we but are co- gods aliens? We, we, well, so there's a thing. Because the next issue is called Something Gods, right? Like some, mm-hmm. yeah. something about heaven. I can't remember. Um,. And that guy in that last panel, he says something about, you know, we're gods on Earth. So, yeah. yes, that is interesting. Um, I don't know if they're, like, actually gods. Like, if they are, that'd be, I'd be okay with that. But, you know, I think it's more figuratively where they're not actual gods. They just have all this power and kind of move the chess pieces around. Kind of like the 1%, you know? My, my impression, after just three issues, which is could easily be wrong is that they're like messing with something that everybody has the potential to do but only a select few people have the high intelligence to actually comprehend it and make it happen at least that's how i read it which i liked because when they're talking about using the calculus 
I was like, this is so weird. Like, <laughs> why would you pick calculus? Um, but I guess, like, in, in this world, calculus is kind of like magic, really. Um, right. You know, it's just like repeating a mantra and something happens, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And that's kind of how it is here, except you're saying formulas. Um, and, you know, I was an English major, not a math major, so... You know, obviously, I'm I'm at the completely opposite end of things, and uh, math was never my favorite. But I mean, I guess in science, math is the language of science, right? Because everything can can be explained in a formula, right? And that's kind of what yeah. this touches on, which I like, because you know, even though I don't like physics, I really enjoy reading about like theoretical physics, right? Um, and you know, there's a lot of math involved there. Unless you're just doing the theory thing, which is what I like, mm-hmm. um, but that's you know that's how they explain the universe as well. You know, right. like the speed of light is what is it c or whatever, um, and then you have you know various formulas to explain different things. You have numbers that represent things, um, so I, I get the importance of it. I think it's it's a cool twist on something that everyone kind of knows a little bit about. Right, because you might not be into magic, but like you know, you know about math. You know, like even if you don't like it, you know, you know about math. Yeah. Um, so that was right. cool. That was cool. It, it's enjoyable. Um, but I'm yeah. I'm curious to learn more about these characters, in particular Dominique. Uh, it seems like she was maybe some kind of experiment, like a Stranger Things kind of experiment. Did you guys finish that, by the way? Yeah, Stranger Things. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. great. So good. If you haven't watched that, go watch it. Um, but it, there was like that flashback scene, um, which I, I didn't catch as a flashback at first. And one thing... Uh, of her child? When she, of her yeah, as a child. Of her yeah. as a child. Uh, when she's in that room, and she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And I, I didn't bring that up because it hasn't really seemed significant yet, but it definitely probably will be at some point. Yeah, I mean, obviously it has to be one of the reasons why this group is targeting her to join them, right? Um, She has to have some kind of special innate ability to understand these things. And obviously she does, because they give her this formula that's gobbledygook, and she figures out an escape plan with it, Uh right? Uh, But the thing is, like, why is it that not only does she figure out an escape plan, but she can twist reality, like you were saying, Uh uh, and make it her own? And she also hates to be called a genius, too. Yeah. Back to I, her being, I, I, I don't want to say tortured, but, you know, like experimented on. I, yeah, I guess maybe because she was part of that experiment, she doesn't want to feel different than everybody else. Right, right. Maybe. Uh, she wants to be just like everybody else, even if she isn't. Um, and that's that's relatable, right? Um, yeah. But, like, what, what? so what's the anomaly? Have we figured that out? Because they keep talking about this anomaly, but my assumption is that Dominique is not the anomaly. There has to be s- somebody else at play. I thought that. I thought that she was the anomaly. I did too. <laughs> because I mean, that seems like who they're interested in every time. I'm like she was the target in the first one, even though. They didn't really mention that she was the target. Right. And then ending at the third one, you know, she teleports to the to the main headquarters there. Right. And then 
they're like, we've been waiting on you. So that's why I thought she was. Yeah, it'd nobody. Be very, it'd be very interesting if she wasn't, though. Hmm. And nobody else in the story at this point seems like there's anything special about him, except the guys in the suits watching everything, which we don't really know anything about them yet. Right. I, and you guys could be perfectly right. I don't think we know enough yet. I just got the like a feeling that yeah, she's she's key to this whole thing, but maybe somebody else in the group is somehow connected or maybe has abilities as well that they don't know about. Um, but hasn't waken up yet. Yeah, yeah. Right. They, have, they haven't been activated yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which which could be cool. But the thing is, like, how does this progress going forward, right? Because if none of them have powers and she's the only one, does does this become just a story about Dominique, or you know, like, does she stay in this group? Are they still con artists, or what? Because obviously, if she can, she's she's already super perceptive. I want to say, um, you know, because like she she counts a deck of cards and she can tell that there's one card missing. Right, mm-hmm. like who can look at a deck of cards and know that, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously she counts cards, and that's useful for when they play poker and all those things. Um, but it seems like if there's so much that much more to her, then it might kind of break the group apart. I don't know. That's just well, my thing. I could well, see. I, think- I could see it play out where, like, because I mean, you get the impression that these guys aren't really good guys. That there's something mischievous about them going on and i could see a scenario where she figures all that out and then she uses her team sort of like uh, uh the re- renegades when they overthrew harada oh sure maybe sure. gets her group together and like okay now we're going to take out these guys or something yeah that's see that yeah. yeah because like at the end of the issue three she's looking at the monitors like her friends are there getting ready to be captured by the police while yeah. she's safe over there, and I think she was more worried about that than actually taking their offer. Right. That's kind of the feel I got. And they spent the whole first issue kind of explaining each character, so I would be shocked if they, if they, sort of abandoned that. Yeah, I guess you're right, especially since issue two is kind of like a restart. You know, like Ronnie was saying, it's just kind of abrupt change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I complain. Again, there's the Hotel St. Martin, so you know I love when my names and stuff because my name's not very <laughs> popular. Like Jack's a common name, you don't meet that many Martins. You right. Know? You've got a Martin in the in the book we read last week in the Revisionist, and now we've right. got a Hotel St. Martin. I don't even know what to do with myself anymore. <laughs> Your ego can't get any bigger. I'm just I'm just gonna read everything that they put out just to see if my name's in there. <laughs> It's like uh, like Adam Alamo, you know? <laughs> uh, right. like Dan Perrin and Fernando Ruiz like, put him in, in Archie stuff because you know they know him so well. Because he's a stalker. I want, he's a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. You said it. Um, I know. It's okay. Anyways. yeah, no, you Where know. has Rafer been anyways? Rafer, <laughs> he's been busy writing Harbinger, dude. Or has he been in Adam's basement? <laughs> Uh, people in that in that community who are not in that community are like, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we forgive you guys. So let's let's rate jackpot. Jack, I gave uh, what did I give American Monster a four, and I, I like this so. better, so I got to give this a four point five. Wow, 
Wow. I am going to give this a 3.25 because, uh, mo- mostly because of Ray. I, I really do like Ray. Um, there's, there's some things in terms of the storytelling that don't, I don't quite buy yet. Um, it just seems a little disjointed and I'm fine with reading disjointed stories. Like that's my favorite thing to do. But when I, when it's so disjointed that sometimes I miss what happens, it kind of gets to me. Um, so that's why the score is a little bit lower. Art's good. Uh, I think in terms of overall lineup, this might be like on the bottom half of my art chart for Aftershock. But really? uh, the, yeah, the art was good though. Um, don't yeah, get me but wrong. you know, it's not the issues fault, Martin. If you can't understand the calculus, <laughs> well, and that's the problem, right? Like, <laughs> if they were reading super long British romantic novels, then I might be okay with it. But if they're reading calculus for me, gotcha. I'm like, f this. Right. <laughs> I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> Ronnie, um, I'm gonna go in the middle of. You guys didn't go with the three point. I think I would have went higher if one and two would have um, connected a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm enjoying it every time that I read it, and every time I read it, I'm like, oh, when's the next issue come out? Because it's that good. Wow. Wow. Hey. Um... Jay on the Slack channel wants to know when we discuss jack- jackpot. He said, are, "Are you planning on discussing if the calculus calculus is smooth infinitesimal analysis or or constructive anal- analysis?" He's, dude, he's such a math nerd. <laughs> is he? <laughs> yeah, he's the biggest math nerd in the world. That's well, why he's figured, asking that question. Martin, I thought you might want to give him an answer. Uh, <laughs> yes. We better we better GTS that. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes. What's that website? L M G T I don't know, whatever it is. Let me Google that for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I I'll Google it and let you know. How about that? Because I have no idea <laughs> what you just said. Yeah. Jack, do you I, know? I don't even know if I said it right, so that <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're math nerd, you probably have no idea, so it's okay. But shout out to him. <laughs> I don't even know the difference of the two, so Yeah. Jay gets a Jay gets a five rating for the question. And we a get a two five rating for not, not knowing. He gets, <laughs> gets nerd points. <laughs> that's, that, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Let's get to the new book of the week. We just had one. And the new book was my favorite book. Of all time, well, not of all time, um, Black Eyed Kids. Black Eyed Kids number five came out. It is written by Joe Pruitt, with art by Simon Kudronsky, colors by Guy Major, and letters by Marshall Dillon. Uh, we'll do a very quick recap on this, because this book is very light on words, which I really love. Um, but it opens up in the prison, which we hadn't seen for a couple issues. And there, uh, there's a guy beating up another guy saying, you know, you read me out to the guards, et cetera, et cetera. And who shows up but the black-eyed kid that we saw at the beginning of the series that robbed the grocery store and got himself arrested. So now he's in this prison, apparently with a few more black-eyed grown-ups. 
and uh, he kind of beats this, this bully up, and I'm assuming beats the other guy up as well. Um, I don't think that was kind of clear. We then zoom into the hospital where we left off last issue, and the our, our policeman friend shows up, Randy. He goes there to take care of his uh, hurt hand, and nurse runs out and says there's people dead everywhere on the second floor. So he runs up there and sees all the dead bodies from, of course, the fight from the, the last issue, from issue four. And he runs into a couple of black-eyed kids who tell him that he should just go away and not worry about it. And he decides not to do that because he's a upstanding police officer. And the black-eyed kids take the gun from him and go away. Uh, by the way, we'll bring this up here in a minute. One of the black-eyed kids is the one that had the crucifix stuck in his throat. But he is now alive and pulls the crucifix out. So, Randy... Uh, oh, after that we, we go to the novelist, who we hadn't seen, I think this is issue two or three... And she pretends to be asleep as the head black-eyed kid is in her room reading through her stuff. And she, he asked her to remember about her childhood. We did see a little flashback scene of that uh, a few issues ago. And, you know, he, he kind of tells her about her subconscious and, you know, the, the conscious mind tries to ignore what the subconscious knows um, and tries to direct it. And... Through a little, I guess maybe, I got this sort of as a guided meditation, uh, maybe a forced guided meditation. She starts remembering things of her childhood. Uh, part of it is what we saw in that flashback a few wishes ago. Uh-huh. But we also see some more stuff that we didn't see. And one of it being a kid that walks into some black goo. And as he emerges, it turns out that he is the head black-eyed kid. And... It seems that it might be her brother. We go back to the prison. There's some uh, some more shenanigans, some more people getting beat up, uh, some more black-eyed kids at the prison, and uh, to be continued. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So kind of a weird recap because uh, it's it's kind of a weird the, the way that narratively this is structured. Is, is a little odd on, uh, to explain it. Maybe we shouldn't have done a recap. We should have just gotten into it. But my God, this issue was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that I would like to bring up. Yes. Um, this is the first issue since the Genesis issue that we actually see a black-eyed kid go from regular eyes to right. black eyes. I'm yep. so glad you brought that up. Because uh, so, that's because I'm a pro. <laughs> <laughs> which, which makes me wonder why was he wearing sunglasses? Yeah, well, if he could change his eyes. Oh, because you're in a prison and you look like everybody else because you have the same jumpsuit on, so you gotta be cool. <laughs> you gotta be cool. <laughs> <with glasses. laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, there's got to be a reason that the eye change thing. And uh, we, we should ask Joe, or maybe we can wait until it's revealed. But yeah, that caught or me by maybe surprise. maybe we can have Joe on. Yeah. You know what? That might not be a bad idea. I'll send Joe a message. Um, because he's he's always had the shades on, right? Since he's been in prison, at least. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't. He didn't have him on before he got locked up. Um, and it's after he gets hit by. Are the, these are the guards, right? Right. Yep. The guards okay. are beating him. That's what him. I thought. So the guards beat him, and that's when he has normalize. And then when he gets mad, he has the black eyes. Right. Mm. So, to me, to me, this is further evidence, at least, that this is some kind of alien thing. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I've seen this kind of thing, like similar things in movies. Um, I can't remember. There was a, a, like a teenage novel that came out a few years ago that was turned into a movie. Um, that was kind of not similar to this, but like they, they took over the bodies, um, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I know I mentioned that before. And that was one thing that they could change the eyes. Um, when, like if, if the aliens were trying to get information out of somebody, they would make their eyes look normal. So they would look like normal people. But when they wanted to show that they were still in control of this body, like their eyes, eyes changed. Um, so that's why th- that's the impression it gave me. And I got to tell you, like, the black eyes are creepy, but this kid's eyes are maybe <laughs> creepier without them being black. So I don't know. Any, w- any thoughts on this changing of the eyes? I don't know. I kind of took it like, <sighs> like Incredible Hulk style. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, like I mean, it, it wasn't when he got angry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hulk smash. I mean, like just simply basic stuff like that. I don't know. Something I really triggers didn't... it. Yeah. All right, so then like... let's go. Let's go to the black goo, though. Yeah, true, true. Because I think that's one thing that I brought up when that issue came out, and we saw this flashback the first time was that this may be some kind of cult related to these aliens. I, again, I'm totally guessing on this, right? Right. We just, we just don't know. But that's the way it seems. You've got grown-ups walking their kids to this pool of black goo, and when they come out, they're black-eyed kids. But in the prison, we also have adults that are black-eyed now too, right? Well, we've, we've seen adults before. When when the novelist first gets taken to that warehouse where the head black-eyed kid is, mm-hmm. there's adults in the background. Oh, okay. I just assumed that they were like teenagers or what. Yeah. They were still considered kids, I guess. Here. Yeah, no. It, okay. They look like adults <laughs> to me. Okay. That might be a question for Joe. Um. Jack, you're awfully quiet over there. Yeah, I'm looking at this scene with the black goo, and first of all, I don't know if that's her brother. I, that may, that would be that would make sense, but I don't think it necessarily. I don't see anything that makes me convinced that he's her brother. But then also, he's the only one that comes out of the goo. Everybody else is just seems to be just standing around watching. So mm-hmm. it seems almost like whoever he is. He's kind of the founder of this whole black-eyed kid. Or maybe he's the first, and that's why he's the leader. But also, I'm wondering, why hasn't he aged? If he was a kid, I guess be it, once your eyes go black, you don't age anymore? I guess. Because he's, he he's a black-eyed kid when she was a little girl, and now that she's grown up, he still looks the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. But why why hasn't she nosed him before that though? Well, she you know was like he was, he was he was trying to get her to remember. Yeah, she, she was, was saying her, sub, her subconscious mind was sort of rejecting things. Okay, I can see that. Like where something tragic happens and you just block block it out. Yeah, you completely block it out. So so. She would totally not remember what her brother looked like, though. With, with black eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and, well, no, because the other thing was he had black hair also. And when he Maybe. came out of the goo, he has the white hair or blonde hair. Oh, okay. Where do you see that? Ah, I see. You see it? So you think <laughs> that's her brother at the top with black hair. Yes. Because it doesn't sh- show him going into the goo. No. It shows just oh, yeah. a kid going into the goo. I don't know. You might be right. See, that's the thing. Like, there's face is drawn different, though. It is slightly different. Yes. But we only see the, like his face in that one panel. See, and that's why I love this issue so much. Like, uh, animosity. Like last week when I couldn't talk about it, but every issue gets you thinking about tons. Stuff even after yeah. you've read it. Yeah, there's a lot of whys. Yeah. Well, and plus, what I really dig about these last couple issues, especially, is how little dialogue there is. Because most right. most of these pages yeah. are just art, right? Um. And you know, I know I've said it before, but I really enjoy a narrative that's very light on words, um, especially in a visual format like comic books where you should really use the art to accentuate what the writer's trying to say. Um, And this book does that phenomenally. I think better than most any other book that I've seen. Uh, Very few books can pull this kind of thing off. And uh, it's it's almost like watching a movie, but in comic book form. Mm -hmm. No, I I think that that every time I read this, the way the scenes change, I feel like I'm watching a a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's cool though that when the when the dialogue that is there is is really powerful, and I like the way I, I really like specifically the way this one was written in comparison to the other ones because it it was like it was broken into four scenes, and they were each kind of their own little mini story. Mm-hmm. And at the end of each one, um, I think at the end of at least most of them, there was like a something the black eyed kid was saying that was like a cool like zinger or something like. Uh, <laughs> When he the first scene when he when he saves that kid that's getting beat up, and the kid thanks him, he's like, "Oh, thank you." And you're, I, I was thinking to myself, "Oh, well, this might be the first time we see a black-eyed kid actually doing something good." But that wasn't the case at all because he turns around and says, "Thank me." Why would you do that? Right. And like that's how the scene ends. And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." Yeah. And the, uh, then at the end of the last scene. Those police officers, each one, you know, all these, these, all these black-eyed kids are a little bit clever. But, uh, you know, he turns around and says, you know, we might have found you guys useful. Now we're just going to find you dead. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> yep. See, Paul Tesner, you're wrong. This book is amazing. Yeah. Now, speaking a, of... Go ahead. I was just saying that because he was complaining that some of the images were reused or whatever. Yeah. You know, I was and, looking at that, but c- continue, uh-huh. continue. But, and yes, they were reused to a certain extent, but 
it's a difference between being lazy and being reused than right. reusing it with a with um what's the word I'm looking for with gumption behind it I guess mm-hmm. yeah it's that it's that third scene with Meredith when I'm looking at it now and there's one two three four five panels and she is is it's obviously reproduced of her in all five except two of them she has her eyes open but the background behind her is changing the mm-hmm. black-eyed kid is kind of sneaking up behind her walking up behind her checking on her I guess I, I didn't I didn't catch it as lazy at all though when I read it well, I didn't catch this lazy at all because Paul obviously doesn't know about comic book storytelling. Um, sometimes you want to reuse certain things uh, just to kind of generate some suspense, I yeah. guess. You yeah. Know, like there might be some very minor things that change that you don't notice. Or, you know, like if somebody's coming at you, like why draw the face again? Just like, you know, zoom it in as they get closer to you. Um, or like if you're seeing something from multiple angles, like just change the <laughs> angle of the panel, yeah. right? That's right. not lazy. That's right. storytelling. Right. So. Yeah, again, I mean, she's, she's completely on. still in this picture, so I don't know if you drew her differently, why would you do that? Right, exactly. Doesn't make sense. So it brings me to the question of, at who's Paul? <laughs> 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 Who even knows anymore? <laughs> Who even knows? Let's write this book, guys. Go for it. I'm going to write this. Surprise, surprise, a five out of five. I really enjoyed it. It's a nice, like, in-between story. Because I think the, the fourth issue kind of wrapped up that arc, in a way. And this gives you a few different perspectives of what's going on to some of the people we haven't seen in a few mm-hmm. issues, which mm-hmm. was awesome, which means next issue we're going to start getting hopefully some answers. But uh, yeah, 5 out of 5, no doubt. The art is fantastic. Writing's still great. The dialogue's amazing. Um, and just there's, there's such a sense of atmosphere in, in every page of this book. It's, it's great to read. Hmm. I'll give it a 5 out of 5 also. I thought the art was perfect. Not a single panel did I look at and have anything to complain about. Um, I also wanted to con- commend the release schedule because I looked it up and the first issue came out in April, I believe, and that's exactly one issue a month. So nice. it's been right on time. Good. I think my only complaint about this is that I get to the end of each issue and I want to keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie? Um, it's a clean sweep because it's a five out of five for me. And... This book, and I'll say it again, is my favorite book across all publishers because after I get done reading it, I think about it more so than it's just a throwaway read comic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just every issue just keeps getting better and better. Like, how is the next one going to top itself? Or how there's more questions than answers that are an- that are asked each time right kind of like like tv show style like you guys said it's almost like a old school twilight zone episode mm-hmm. oh yeah, we- yeah we're gonna have to increase our scale to six yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i was thinking about this the other day we actually we messed up guys we should have done ratings on the richter scale 
because it's after uh-huh. dark. <laughs> so then we could have done, I guess it's 1 to 10, right? 10 would be the right, highest. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Wow. It, it, it's okay. Uh, next issue. Wait. Look, yes. Hang on a second before we move on. In the past six episodes, and Jack said that every time that a five saves something, that it blows his mind, and this is his first five that he's given out. That's right. If I remember correctly, he was not so big on this book when we first started. No. <laughs> I tell you what, the, I, it was sort of just sort of okay to me at first, and I really started getting interest, getting getting interested when the I figured out how the Genesis issue tied in. Oh yeah. Then I really liked four, right. and then I sat down with this one, and I just I was like, man, I I can't. There's nothing I don't like. Yes, I had, we have had, turned, had, had, um, had to get in touch with Paul in order to find something to critique. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord. By the way, I hope uh, they keep doing the Francavilla covers. Yeah. Yes. Because he's like, freaking amazing. Yeah, and they're like classic horror style covers. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. I met well, him at the... Did you meet him at Heroes? Oh, you weren't there that day. Never mind. He, uh, they did the Archie panel, and he was there. He was super cool. Super cool, dude. Oh, hey, one thing. I don't, I don't think he mentioned it, but uh, the scene where he pulls the crucifix out of his neck, and he's alive again. Oh, we forgot about I guess, that, yeah. I yeah. guess that bunks my theory about this having any sort of a, a cult tie-in or whatever. You or at least sever vampire. Neck, dude. Yeah. You got to sever the whole head. Kind of like our Genesis. Or do you? old man logan does oh you when he do, comes yes. in. <laughs> because like, th- this guy was he was out for a while right the other kid had to sit and wait for him that's what he was doing when the yep. that security guard came in there so maybe that like in genesis when he was snapping necks or whatever maybe he was just putting them down why he could get time. out of there yeah <laughs> why didn't he just take them all out and stay in his you know cozy little see i still think that there's more to his story than just his oh, daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still think that. Like, even he might be one of the black eyed kids that turned back, even. I could I'm do just that. Th- I'm just throwing it back. I'm just throwing it out there. Dude, let me tell you, let me tell you something. I don't, uh, have you guys watched The Strain? Yes. Okay. Kind of. So I watched, I watched the first season when it came out, and the show was just okay. All right. But so now I'm watching season two because it's on Hulu, and after reading this, I actually like that show better. Because every time something happens, I'm like, oh, that could be something in Black Eyed Kids. Right. Oh, that could be something in Black Eyed Kids. Um, obviously not the same thing. That's vampires, and I don't think these are vampires, but um, there are some similarities for me. Yes, yes. Let's hope not. You hear that, Joe? Um, <laughs> I guess we can wrap it up, but we will say this. Animosity number one sold out. Ronnie says twice. I can't find that, but I believe okay. it. I believe it. So congrats uh, to uh, to Marguerite and everybody on the team. That's pretty exciting. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, because yeah? what's the next new? Well, what's the next new number one coming out? Shipwrecked? Isn't that shipwrecked? Right. Yeah. So no, it's uh, alters. Oh yeah, alters is next, and then shipwrecked in October, November, I think. Right. I'm selling yeah, alters, alters is next. Good. Yeah, alters should be good. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I think this animosity was just the, the tip of the iceberg where everybody got their feet wet on the first and second wave of Aftershock number ones, and then you animosity could, was like the third wave. You know what we could do? We could claim that animosity sold out as our victory. <laughs> yeah. Before we started this podcast, I don't know if there were any sellout issues for Aftershock. Oh, yeah. Right. So, uh, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's that worth to you? What's that worth to you? <laughs> and, I'm just kidding. We don't need anything. And we've been um, charged with selling hard for Aftershock books. So, <laughs> which I don't think it actually needs, we need to sell it hard. It's just if somebody gives it a chance, then. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's it at all. You're right. You're absolutely right. I think mm-hmm. as long as people read it, yeah, then that's all you really need. Just get, I think that, get the word out. That, yeah, the main thing yeah. right now is a lot of people don't even know what Aftershock is. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I do have a correction, too. I was uh, tweeting back and forth with uh, Rob Schwager, who's the colorist at Animosity, and mm-hmm. I said his name was Schwager, but it's Schwager, so that's a <laughs> correction. Um, he listened to the podcast, so thanks, Rob. And I still told him I'm still going to call him Rob Schwager because I think uh, that's a much cooler last name. So maybe we'll so you're going to give him a pseudonym? Down. Yeah, we'll just call him Rob the Schwag, Schwag, uh, Schwager. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, I guess we can wrap this puppy up. You can find us all on the Twitter machine. Jack is at Jack Sutherland. Ronnie's at Ronbar316. I am at Geekvine. The show is at AfterShockPod. And you can email us hello at NerdLegion.com. Next week, we will be discussing Volume 1 of Super Zero. So the first five issues, we will not be discussing insects. We will leave that for the week after, baby. I guess that'll wrap it up for us tonight. And you all have a great week. And read some more comics.